0: Take action today for a healthier tomorrow with Everly Well. Their at-home lab tests and vitamins and supplements can help you get the knowledge and support you need so you can become a healthier you.
1: Everly Well is digital healthcare designed for you, all at an affordable price. With over 30 at-home lab tests, you'll be able to choose the test that makes the most sense for you to get the answers you need, like the women's health test or food sensitivity test.
0: Here's how it works. Everly Well ships the products straight to you with everything needed and one package. To take your at-home lab test, simply collect your sample and use the included prepaid shipping label to mail your test back to a certified lab. Your physician reviewed results get sent to your phone or device in just days. And if you order vitamins and supplements, you can start adding them to your daily routine right away. I had done the women's um, health panel before, but I did the food sensitivity test with Adam, my husband, and the results came back just right on my cell phone. And it turns out he has a lot more things that he might be mildly sensitive to, but it turns out I'm not highly sensitive to anything. Just a few things to look out for. Apparently my black tea, maybe, but, <laughs> but what do you do with these things when you get the results? Simply try cutting them out and see if you feel better. And
1: for listeners of the show, Everlywell is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab
0: test at everlywell.com slash OC. That's everlywell.com slash OC for 20% off your next at-home lab test.
1: everlywell.com slash OC.
0: Welcome to the OC Bitches. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the OC
1: Bitches. Yay!
0: It's you, nice to see you in person. You
1: too. I know I've been out of town for a month.
0: I know between getting COVID, you being out of town, I uh, feel so like it's
1: maybe two months since I've seen you.
0: It's something a month like and that. a half. It feels like it's. It really is different doing it remotely than it is in person.
1: Oh, absolutely. I had delays. It was very awkward. <laughs> It's not great. So yes, bear
0: with us. Thank you all still for listening. But today we are on season three, episode 13, The Potster. Now, but we have a special guest because we're going to go back in season uh, three, episode seven, The Anger Management. Mm-hmm. We had the subways on. They played in the Bait Shop. Yes, and and today we have Billy Lunn and Charlotte Cooper. Oh, you're a Cooper from the band. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's like what 18 years later, and we still are talking about this. But thank you so much, all the way from England. Um, welcome. Our Thanks pleasure. for doing this. Thank you. Thank you
2: so, so much. much. It's amazing to be here. Thank you. Yeah, we're
1: <laughs> so happy to have you on, and like she said, all the way from England. With the news of the Queen's passing today, kind of a big day over there, I would imagine. I think it just happened about an
0: hour ago. Or they've
1: they've released it anyway.
0: Or they released it,
1: yes. I think they were waiting
3: for Harry. Sorry, I think they were waiting for Harry to get back. I think that's why. Well, I
1: was going to ask because I saw that he's there, right? In Mm. England now. Yeah,
3: Balmoral, I think he he was due to sort of travel into. And then once he arrived at Balmoral, they were like, right, everyone's here and we can kind of... Um, uh, announce it officially, but everyone kind of got the gist anyway by the way that the media was speaking about her mm. and and you know prepping everything. And uh, I think the official announcement was just waiting for Harry and Meghan to arrive to at ah. So
1: Okay, I see. So you think she probably passed within the past few days or so?
3: Uh, well, probably today. Yeah, okay. she's definitely oh. been ill. She's been ill for a long time. So. so
1: maybe she was waiting for Harry, and then she was like, "Okay, I can go now." yeah
3: i think she's been sort of bedridden and i know that she was like short of breath and and using her cane a lot yeah
0: what a remarkable i I mean i think it's obviously close so it's your home but even i don't know i've just gained such a huge affection for the woman and i know that the crown the show is controversial in 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 that respect but there's something that deeply respectful about the life that she lived
3: very much so like she's even if you're like not a monarchist if you're like a republican uh she's still a very kind of um totemic figure in Mm. in the uk and Mm -hmm. uh and and not just like as a royal but kind of very grandmotherly as well so uh, i think i think that's how people are affected because every year at christmas we have the Queen's speech and Mm -hmm. and all that sort of stuff so and everyone does switch on because it's just something that families do at christmas so um
0: yeah it's going to be a strange christmas for everybody
1: yeah and i think there's something to be said for a woman you
0: know being in charge (laughs) for almost a century so you haven't had a king in almost a century that's amazing. Yeah, yeah.
3: I mean, wow. it's already quite patriarchal with how, like, the parliament is set up and sure. how, you know, mm-hmm. even just 10 years ago, if a woman would stand up to speak in parliament, men would be mooing, uh, <gasps> on, you know, typically on the conservative benches. It's despicable. Oh. Um, so, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So having the queen there, you know, she commanded a lot of respect mm-hmm. and there, there has been, you know, a, she's kind of instilled a, a sense of respect for women that maybe wouldn't wouldn't have, uh, been otherwise if it, if it was a king so it's going to be interesting to see how like the the patriarchal shift hmm. um is going to manage itself
1: oh man oh. well wow. Sending the best overseas yes. there. Bless her, oh, bless, bless her, my and her goodness. family. Yes, yes. yes. Well, you
3: Americans look- have been so considerate, and you know, uh, especially <laughs> online, everyone's been like, "Oh, we're thinking of the UK." It's like, Oh, well, guys. she just
1: looks like a grandma everybody would want to have. <laughs> mm-hmm, you know, <laughs> like I just that's anyway, from my opinion. But okay, so we're here today. Yes. <laughs> A little something called The O.C., and you guys were on and played The Bait Shop, which is so cool. Mm -hmm. Do you remember doing it? Do you remember your experience, how it was? Any any tidbits from that time?
0: Can I first ask, just to correct, because what was the timeline? Because you released your album Young for Eternity in two thousand five, but the episode aired in two thousand five and then you released it in the US in two thousand six. So do you remember the timeline?
3: Yeah, well we were because we released the album in two thousand five and because, you know, like the the rock scene in the UK was just really kicking off in the early noughties. Um so you know, we've recorded our album and I remember we signed our deal with Warner Records in two thousand four and they're like, right, studio out now. (laughs) Um and we were touring the UK and we had no real kind of like no plans to go anywhere else I suppose maybe a few European shows just to kind of like dip our toe in the water and that kind of thing um and then all of a sudden we booked the OC and then The American branch of Warner Records were like, "Hmm, that might work really well." Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I can remember being at LAX after um, the shoot and just turning to our manager and thinking, "God, I think we might be back here pretty soon." (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think you might.
0: (laughs) So, when you came to the US, it was your first time in the US for the show. Totally. Yeah,
2: Mm. yeah, to 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 come and do the show. It was our yeah, it was our very first time. Um, to come over as a band which was just mind-blowing you know it's just and we kind of knew the the legacy of the show and were fans of the show and um you know the sort of bait shop with this really cool thing to be a part of and all the other bands that have been featured and we I think we just couldn't quite believe that it was happening to us you know like it was just incredible
0: I read an interview that you guys described getting picked up at the airport and you were, you know, you would have been fine in any place, but that you stayed in some home over the ocean. Is that true?
3: Yeah. I mean, I remember us arriving. I I was still living with my parents. Like we was so <laughs> young when we started the band. I was still living in my parents' council house oh, wow. uh, when we got picked up to go to the airport in the UK. And then we flew over and all of a sudden there were like palm trees. i <laughs> never seen a palm tree before. Uh, so we got, we got to the hotel and uh, we were like, ah, oh, you know, we're, we're all kind of Uh, a little bit jet lagged and it was the morning and we went for a a breakfast sat outside and I I, I used to eat meat then so I was like I'm gonna have an American steak so we all sat outside eating our steaks and this crow came and landed on my shoulder no yeah it was it felt kind of like uh I don't know like an omen I suppose yeah yeah it was um it it was a real shift for us like a total different world um and then we arrived at the studio and we were just like Gotta be ready for this.
0: <laughs> do you remember stepping into the makeup trailer?
3: I do. I remember it so well. Uh <laughs> because, like, you know, I didn't know it then, but I'm, you know, I, I came out as bisexual last year and uh I was lying in the makeup chair and the, the lady was like, Hi, how are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm good. I've never really apart from video shoots and that sort of stuff, I've never really had makeup done on me. And then Ben Mackenzie pulls up in the chair next to me. <laughs> so sort of, like, I'm, like, crushing really hard.
0: Oh. Um, <laughs> oh, well, we've so been cute. doing that on this podcast, yes. actually. Crushing Quite very bit. hard yeah. on Ben. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but um, I, I totally lost it because he reached over and sort of shook my hand. And I was like, hey, how you
1: doing? Oh um,
3: but, yeah, it was amazing. So, and you were um, team
1: Ryan, I, not team Seth.
3: <laughs> I was. And all my friends, like, as soon as we finished shoot, uh, I – Went back to the UK and everyone was like, oh, did you meet Adam Brady?" I was like, no. And then, then McKenzie, though. I met
0: Mackenzie, though. <laughs> what about you, Charlotte? Least- do you remember that first day?
2: Um, I do. I was thinking about the makeup trailer and I'd already done my makeup okay. because I didn't know someone would be doing my makeup. <sighs> and I'm just like, oh, I'm so sorry. I've already done it, but please, please repair it. Please, please <laughs> make it look better than like what I've done. <laughs> and so,
0: okay. So then when you go into the, the, the bait shop, right? What was that experience? It's different than shooting a video, correct? The way we shoot, um, you you can't use any sound, correct? Is that how yeah, it Yeah, so
2: that's the thing that I think um, sort of stuck with me most was that we had to play quietly so that you guys, the actors, could like, deliver your lines. So it was like this really bizarre like thing to do, but then it kind of felt like we were really... You know, obviously we're really in a TV show, but kind of like we're we're playing a part, playing a role. We're like the band as well as being ourselves. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was awesome just to see how you'd put something like that together. I guess you you don't really think about it when you watch at home, but it was just really interesting to see how that came together.
1: Yeah, it's a lot different and maybe not as glamorous and exciting as it actually is when you're doing it.
0: I mean, I would imagine the first... The first take, it's kind of this awkward thing. Do you? you but you get to hear, have the music in your ears, do you not? Okay, so we at have least you get ear these earbuds. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but we're just so self-conscious because
3: we're so used to getting on stage and just making this really raucous sound. Like in Spinal Tap, it turns up to 11. We just do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Especially when we were younger, you know, just turn everything up. Um So when they're like, right, you can't make any sound and then you have to kind of like pretend that you're in the moment and playing a gig and you're all acting really raucously. So I just remember being dead self-conscious because we can hear the music. No one else can hear the music. <laughs> so we're kind of like dancing around on stage and I could see, the, the uh, extras in the front row all kind of like smirking a little bit and that made me even more self-conscious. I was like, oh my God. Um, and then, you know, the, the actions happen, happen in the back and, you know, all of a sudden the cameras are kind of focusing on the action. And I think it's when, um, when Ryan grabs Volchok and kind of puts him up against the bar um and because it was in a distance mm. we're like carrying on and I, I can remember charlotte and i kind of looking at each other because the cameras weren't <laughs> on us anymore just catching a little bit of the action in the background of the band playing and we're like <laughs> you know, kind of, oh, um, but yeah it was it was it was it was a totally like you know i did a little bit of acting when i left school i did two years of theater studies and it's really just because I didn't want to get a job (laughs) (laughs) I was like I'll go and do theater studies a little bit so um you know I did that and I I, I'd played you know I'd done some plays and that kind of thing but it was nothing to the the extremity that like you know all the cameras and the lights and everything like yeah they were on the show
1: so you said you remember meeting Ben McKenzie you know when you were in the makeup trailer do you remember meeting anyone else while you were there Rachel Misha
3: (laughs) yeah I mean like I I can I I went home and I was I was just like Rachel Bilson Bilson is such a sweetheart like she's like you, you stayed with us the whole day like, the whole day I don't know if you remember but our now, manager now, was hanging out with us
1: don't take this personally I have no memory I don't even remember the show I don't remember <laughs> scenes Summer did I don't remember my storyline so it's not a, <laughs> like nothing against anything personally don't worry <laughs>
0: every, every, once coming out to us. every once yeah, in a while I every once in mean, a while she pulls out a gem. So. <laughs> but
1: that's I'm, I love hearing it and I do remember you guys being on the show for sure and I'm so happy to hear that you were sweet because <laughs> you know I'm really a bitch so <laughs> well no kidding. you've
3: done you've done really well there you were honest and I'm terrible when it comes to sort of you know when fans come up to us and like oh do you remember me from this show in Glasgow in 2006 I'm like <laughs> yeah you're
1: like sure you were great
3: <laughs> um, but no you, you were, I remember you telling us that oh it's because Charlotte definitely charlotte and i we were kind of like we really want to see how everything unfolds and yeah once we'd done our bit we were kind of hanging around in the back and and, and watching the fight scene and i can remember my mind just being blown at how brilliant and how kind of visceral the acting process was i mean <laughs> i can remember ben grabbing volchek really hard and slamming him against the bar and just thinking oh my god <laughs> That's so hardcore. Yeah. Um, but you were chilling out with us and you're like, oh, it's so nice that you're watching the whole process because I remember <laughs> the killers just spent the whole day in the dressing room.
1: Ah, ah, <laughs> yeah, put them on blast. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Sorry if I get you in trouble with the killers.
0: No, that's They're okay. really nice
3: though. They're really nice. They'll, they'll, like, they'll, they'll be like, oh, fine. Yeah. yeah. They'll be yeah. like, it's
0: true. Well, you know what? I think anybody would be really enraptured with Cam Jagande and Ben McKenzie fighting. fighting? Yeah. Yeah, so I would
1: sit back and watch that any day.
0: Right, so my Hell next yeah. my next question. Um, <laughs> so, being on the show, how did it help you, and did it hurt you in any way?
2: I think it's been the biggest thing for us because really? it, the show. Yeah, it's. I think people ask us this quite a lot actually, and we always talk about it because the show goes it's in so many different countries, um, and every time it kind of gets reshown, you get a whole new load of fans. People <laughs> who have not seen it before. Um, and I think out because we've always been a band, we've never had a huge amount of radio play and never had like the traditional sort of way of getting our songs out there, even kind of way back at the start. We've always had to do things kind of differently. So things like the OC have been really, really important to us. And the amount of people that say, oh, we know about you because I first saw you on the OC. So, yeah, it's been amazing for us. That's wonderful to hear yeah. because
0: um, each generation that discovers it, I mean it's like Kate Bush is running up that hill all of a sudden is yeah. on Stranger Things and she's making yeah. a million bucks a week on the show on her new- on her song. Yeah, because they used it like, really? Yeah. And it's become it went to the top of the billboards, I guess, or the charts, did it not? Is that something similar yeah. for you yeah. guys? Yeah, not quite I mean, happened
2: here. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We could definitely do with some Kate Bush money, right? Right.
2: Now. <laughs> <is so great.
0: laughs> Uh-huh. Well, but, um, and are you still touring today?
3: You are. Are you not? Yes. Yeah, yeah. We've just we've just finished a whole summer's worth of festivals uh, in the UK and over in Europe, um, and we're kind of taking a little bit of a break now because we're releasing some singles before we release our brand new album in January 2023, um, which has kind of been in the works for it feels like five years old to us because we started <laughs> the album before the pandemic. Oh. Um, but I, you know, we, we self-produced it and. Um, it's uh it's something that we're willing to wait for because it's i i i I, every artist says this about every new album but i genuinely believe this is our best so we want to give it like the time that it really deserves loads of bands released so many records during the pandemic and i think it's because they didn't really want to hold on to the music and also i think people were desperate for art you know Mm. um the art scene in the uk has really suffered over the course of the pandemic the government have been terrible at supporting artists so um you know uh, fans have been doing their part buying records and that kind of thing but we were we, we've been a bit more cagey with this album we're like no we're going to release it when we can tour it because we're a live touring band and we love hitting the stage like i said earlier about turning everything up to 11 we just love bouncing around the place so we weren't going to really present the album to people until we were absolutely sure that we could get on the stage again and, and, and rock out so um yeah we're really looking forward to it uh, it's our fifth record and i just can't believe we're still going
1: yeah what's the name <laughs> of the record
3: uh, it's called Uncertain Joys. Um, the title came from uh, a Sarah Dixon poem that I read uh, when I was at uni. I took three years out to go and uh, read English at Cambridge and mm-hmm. I got heavily into 18th century feminist poetry. So, um, you know, I read this poem by Sarah Dixon and uh, it, this poem to Strephon. Uh, mm-hmm. It really spoke to me at that at that time. And it said something about the uncertain joys of earthly delights. It's like uncertain joys. That's
1: brilliant. Wow. I could
3: write a song about that. And the title track on the record uh, is, I think, anyway, uh, the best song we've ever written. And I just, I'm sitting here knowing (laughs) it's months until people hear it, but I just can't wait for everyone to hear.
1: Yeah, it's not that far away, though. So in January, you'll have Uncertain Joys coming out, and I can't wait for it. I'm super excited.
2: Oh, yay.
0: Well, listen, (laughs) Billy and Charlotte, you are. Both just so delightful. And I'm so grateful that you came on the podcast to, to talk to us. And, you know, as we walk down memory lane and guys, everyone, the subways from the bait shop and the anger management. Yes. Go listen. Go to back their, and watch go, it again. It's go watch so it fun. again.
1: <laughs> we love your music. Again, we're so grateful that you joined us today all the way from England. Yes. <laughs> But thank we you. We love the
3: podcast as well. Oh, wow. So yeah,
1: the
2: podcast is cool. Thank you. Thank, thank you so, you so much. We much love this. Us. is all
0: about we're celebrating this show and everybody's um, contributions yes. and yes. something we all did collectively. So thank you very much.
2: Thank you very much.
0: Thank you so much. Take care.
2: Thank
1: you so much. OK. And thank you again, Subways, for joining us. Let's get into the episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Honey Love. Ladies, let's talk about shapewear. We all know most shapewear makes you feel like you're suffocating. That sexy dress in the back of your closet is so cute, but the thought of having your insides squished by your shapewear is just not worth it. That's why Honey Love spent years researching and developing effective shapewear that's
0: actually comfortable. Overly tight, cheap, and sticky fabrics that roll up are a thing of the past. Thanks to Honey Love, you can finally feel confident and comfortable in your favorite outfits. And we have an exclusive deal for our listeners. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love's best deal they offer, get 20% off your entire order with the code OC at honeylove.com. I don't wear a lot of, um, for exactly the reasons we just said, um, shapewear because it's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and it's hard to go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. But as an actress, sometimes we have to on camera, specifically because of the material, I have to wear shapewear. And my Honeylove totally makes that If you're looking
1: for sculpting and smoothing from stomach to thigh, I'd recommend their Super Power Short. The Super Power Short has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. Their Signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Okay, like you, there are definite outfits where I am a fan of shapewear. Honey love? Okay, my biggest issue with shapewear is I pee basically every 10 minutes. They have a hole, so you can pee easily without having to strip off the shapewear. I'm sorry. That's my favorite. I, it's just, it's it's brilliant.
0: And it doesn't stop there. Honey Love has more than just sculpt wear. They have incredibly comfortable bras, tanks, and leggings for everyday support. The crossover bra is the most popular bra they have. This bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. My favorite. Goodbye, underwire pokes and marks. It's made with incredibly soft and surprisingly strong fabrics and features adjustable straps. We all have our favorite go-to bra and this one will be yours. You won't even want to take it off when you get home because it's that comfortable. The
1: quality is insane. The details are stunning and you'll feel incredible when you wear it. Honey Love is definitely what you need in your wardrobe.
0: Ladies, no matter the occasion, you deserve to look and feel your absolute best. Mm -hmm. Get 20% off at HoneyLove.com with the code OC. Calling all my honeys. You deserve this. So we are, um, yes, the pot stirrer. Yep. Our famous pot stir, stir, but um, throughout this podcast, I'm going to call her the pot stir slash truth teller or
1: shit disturber.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because she does say a lot of truths that are very painful, but she doesn't do it in the best way. Right. Well, she's 15 or turns 15 in this episode. (laughs) Um, The synopsis is Caitlin stirs the pot with Marissa by going out with Johnny with the sole motive of making Marissa jealous. Seth completely spirals after being offered an interview at Brown University. Meanwhile, Sandy tries to close a big deal and Julie grows closer to Neil throwing a birthday bash for Caitlin at his house. Directed by Norman Buckley, written by John Stevens. The original air date is January 26, 2006. Oh my gosh, we're getting to the end. Like at this point, it's only one more year because we finished Ugh, in I'm just still
1: dreading the end of this season. You know? oh. I
0: don't want to, like, get there.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about— Let's do Seth and Summer first. Yes. Um, Obviously, all the brown stuff is happening.
0: Right. Well, I mean, in the beginning, the very, very first scene is that kitchen, of course. And Seth is acting so strangely that everybody— You know, when somebody's energy is so— just so different, yeah. that your whole family's like, "What's up?" Yeah? Yes. And
1: he's very, very insane in this episode.
0: <laughs> it's like he's um, you know, he's putting coffee on his on his cereal, and he's excited about this interview that he's getting, but it's kind of hitting him that he's leaving Newport, which
1: he's th- always wanted to leave Newport.
0: Right. I think he's in shock because yeah. he's going, I, this has been my dream since since I was like eight. And all of a sudden, I don't want to leave. And he's, what's going on? Like, what right. is going on? Trying to figure that out. Right.
1: Which right. is understandable. Yeah, it's understandable. It's a little extreme with him in this episode. and Very much so. You know, when Seth and Summer, they're talking about the interview in the hallway, and Summer is taking advice from her boot camp instructor. This is the
0: most... <laughs> Adorable thing I think you've ever done on this show.
1: What? Do you want to see my face? <clears throat> oh, my war face. <laughs> <laughs> you see uh, your, can I
0: see your war face?
1: My war face? I mean, I only know Summer's war face. Oh, okay. My war face is probably like deadpan and
0: boring. Oh.
1: <laughs> Leave me alone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. I wrote adorable. girl. Uh, and you know what's Grr. so
1: funny? I noticed they say, I forget what what's coming on this date, but she says August 25th, which is my actual birthday. Mm-hmm. And I think Josh did that on purpose. Ah, very good. If I'd have to guess. And whatever the quote is, like, you don't— or own change, don't let change own you. Uh-huh. Is that the boot camp quote that Summer gives to Seth? Something like that. Anyway, it's good advice.
0: Right. Well, and, he, and he says, you know— Well, I thought it was interesting that, you know, as, as soon as everyone heard that he was, got an interview, they said, well, what about Summer? And he was like, I didn't even think about that. Like, that's how out of it he is. And so when he sees you at school, Seth says, aren't you nervous? And she says, well, I was, but my boot camp is instructor, right? Right. right. And I I talked to CG and I said, I, you know, what did you feel about going to school? Because she moved to Chicago. Right. And I said, were you excited or nervous? She mm-hmm. said, I was excited to go. Of course, I was a little bit nervous, but she was more like Summer, I guess.
1: I really admire Summer in this whole episode, how she handles everything. Like... If I could take my anxiety and like just put Summer into my body to get rid of it, like how she handles the whole thing, even with like the interview, they're in the pool house, Ryan, Seth, and Summer, and they're going over the questions that might happen in the Brown interview. And Summer, you know, like who's the most inspirational? She's like, me, Chaprada. But, and then her explanation. She's so confident in herself and her answers. I swear, I'm learning so much from her. And I need oh. to put more of her in me because it's really
0: admirable. Oh my gosh. I think that's so wonderful because here, here you have how many kids and it, you know, I I love the way this is written because what's interesting is Seth was, you know, he's so intelligent and he is culturally literate, mm-hmm. but Summer has, but he's not necessarily, there's certain things he's not up on like Moochia mm-hmm. Prada, right. which I actually did look up. And she is a fascinating um, character, um, fascinating human being, a dog. Right a doctorate in political science, and then went into the family business. She's like, it's silly, but I make my clothes. But but I thought it was really fascinating because I was like, oh, who pulls all all this? John Stevens and Josh, you know. (laughs) But Seth is doing that thing where he's trying to come up with answers that he thinks they want to hear just to get by, Mm -hmm. as opposed to this very mature thing of, I'm going to be me because I will end up with the life that I'm supposed to have. Right. Which is instead of, I just want to, instead of I'm trying to fit in everywhere, which mm-hmm. is so limiting. Yeah. That's a very, very mature thing.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> so she's she's well, a once voice again, of wisdom. Like how mature these kids are at times, <laughs> you right. know, it always blows us away. But I'm just so taken with Summer and it's like therapy for me. I'm like, Yes, Summer.
0: Yeah. But you know what? You're kind of like that because you like, I like, I'm kind of more like Seth. I like total preparation. I like to know. So what I'm learning, and you're more spontaneous. Yes, that's true. I'm learning that if I do, I like my prep, but my prep doesn't always have to come out of my mouth. It (laughs) it literally can just be, you know, that way you can be flexible. That's true. And just be in the moment.
1: I mean, I'm definitely, yes, more that way of like, just fly with a seat of my pants kind of <laughs> mentality. Uh, but it's just her confidence and yeah. owning it. Who would think to go in a Brown interview and give that answer?
0: Right, but right. Summer
1: does. And I really respect it. And obviously, Seth is going off the rails. This is where pot comes into the picture right. for Seth. And what I think is funny is that I actually introduced Brody, not introduced him. He obviously had smoked pot before and knew what it was. But I definitely brought pot Into our lives, more so. I would say, (laughs) (laughs) I would say that yes.
0: Well, you know, right, right. (laughs) Okay, well, we can break that open, but uh, (laughs) we can smoke that. Put it (laughs) in a pipe and smoke it. Well, but he's he's having a really hard time, and I Sandy has one of his sit downs, which I just love this conversation. And he's opening up to his dad. And I, I felt it in my bones when that phone rang and he took the phone call and yeah. Seth wanted to talk. Yeah. And it just felt like, oh. And so then he, that's when he runs into Caitlin on the pier. and right. Oh, and by the way, I talked to Norman Buckley. He, um, of course, has he's actually shooting right now, but he has so many behind the scenes about this episode. Um, and he was explaining that they cannot show anybody actually smoking pot. And isn't it interesting? To, so
1: she never put it to her lips. so you, and smoked you,
0: it you can so what you see is the back of her head uh-huh. and smoke around her uh-huh. and then you see it in her hand and and then when he actually takes it and puts it in his mouth, you see it go to this go to his mouth, mm-hmm. but they cut away before he inhales or exhales. oh my gosh. and it was I didn't very, notice that very, very tricky because he told me about it. and then I watched the episode, and I was like, wait a second, he did put it to his lips. Huh. But he didn't inhale or exhale.
1: Interesting. And then at
0: the very end of the episode, when you yeah. see the smoke in the window. Yes. You don't see him. So okay. but we buy- I'm gonna it. have
1: to go back and look now that I yeah. know that. Yeah. That's
0: interesting. That was the sensors, you know. That's when they were talking about um you couldn't see that was the only time when they saw Marissa and Ryan actually smoking the way they putting in putting it in their mouth and actually inhaling, exhaling. Mm. There's a difference mm. apparently.
1: So yeah, you know, and on that piercing when Caitlin's smoking, and and Brody's there, and then Marissa walks up. I'm like, there's no way Marissa wouldn't have smelled
0: pot. I could smell it, you know, because we don't— Through the TV screen? <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> but, but we, you know, I live at the beach, and we take bike rides, and it's, you know, there's it's surfers. Everywhere. And it's you just hear—you smell it from 50 yards away.
1: Oh, my God. So, I was just in Toronto working, and we were in an apartment. And at the same time every day, <laughs> literally— the biggest cloud of smoke would come into the apartment. And every day, Briar would be like, Mom, there's that smell again. And I was like, there are a lot of skunks in this city, Briar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> because it's um, balconies, right? Yes. And they're yes. out on the balcony yes, and it yes, wafts yes. up and, you know. But it's you know,
1: it's, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's legal. So,
0: yeah, the more, it's, you know, the
1: more, whatever.
0: It's very, very distinct. But, yes, and, there's
1: no way Marissa would not have smelled that. And then later in the episode, when Ryan walks into Seth's room after he's smoking— and he sprays the air freshener. My first thought was like, Ryan's definitely going to smell that. And thankfully he does say, what's that smell?
0: Well, it was... Uh, and then
1: the insert shot of the joints. <laughs> like In case you didn't know, <laughs> this is what's happening.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, well, that scene. We'll jump to that that scene. First of all, the first time you actually smoke pot, right? Okay, so, he, so Caitlin plants the seed that you need to take the edge off. And then when he decides you know, after the college interview, which, by the way, um, Norman was telling me that that big monologue that Seth explains about his happiness and Mm -hmm. what he's going to do in 10 years, that he said, first of all, he told Adam that he wanted to do it in one take, so have it memorized. And I was like, did you have to tell people to memorize their dialogue? (laughs) He goes, well, and he said, he did a push-in. Yeah. And he said he did a, um, he actually did the exact same thing in Gossip Girl, with a scene with Leighton Meester. Really? And the episode was um, New Haven Can Wait. Uh-huh. And they did kind of the exact same thing. She was talking about a five-year plan. How something funny. Like yeah. And that's his wife. Yeah. That's, that's really his cute. I know. So where do you see yourself in 10 years? Where do I see uh,
4: myself in 10 years? That's a good question. Okay. Uh, well, I guess more than anything, you know what I would like? I would like the happiness that I have right now. Although, I guess, what are the chances of that? I mean, you go through your life, and you're probably only going to be able to look back and pinpoint, like, two or three times where you were genuinely, actually happy. So.
2: Well, I'm aware I lack some people's easy grace with strangers, and I don't exactly make you feel like you've known me forever, even though we just met.
0: So. Anyway, they had a five-year plan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then I was like, you know, so poor Seth, he's like, he's, he's such a controller and, and a, such an overthinker. There are no wrong answers in life, you know, with the wisdom of Summer. But then when he gets to that scene where he decides to actually smoke the pot, because he thinks it's going to take— Smoke the pot. <laughs> smoke the pot. Smoke the weed. You can tell I'm not a buzzword. So I don't personally think that it takes the edge off. Well, it it could have a paranoid experience.
1: You can 1000% have a full blown panic attack. The first time I ever got really stoned, I was at City Walk, Universal City Walk. Okay. It's very crowded. There are a lot of people, there are a lot of lights. Let's just say, maybe not the best setting the first time you get really stoned. I fully was like, I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) die. More so if you eat weed, like pot brownies, you have that, that reaction I've learned is way more anxiety inducing.
0: I have a story about that. Well, share. (laughs) Do share. Literally, it was after I had just finished like breastfeeding Yeah, and my friend's birthday and he was like, Mindy, hold these brownies for me because we went to a restaurant (gasps) and then we went to the Avalon on Sunset. Yeah, And I said, well, what is it? And he was like... They're cut in the right... He said, they're pop brownies. And I was like, never had any. And he's like, they're cut in the correct shape or size or whatever. And I had... I'm like, this is delicious. <laughs> and like, And I had two. And then... You had two? And then I was like, but they were small. Like this big. Uh, and the next thing you know, I was like, this isn't okay. Uh, and I was no. like, I feel I like mean, I'm going to die.
1: just hearing this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Edibles so,
1: are not friendly.
0: No, No, I'm the... Per- I would be exactly every time I smoke pot in my life, I'm I'm like Seth. I walk, I ran away. (laughs) I ran away from, so when, when he finally gets to the, um, when he finally gets to the interview and she says, and whatever you do, don't ruin it.
1: Yeah. That's like instant paranoia. Yeah. Anxiety inducing. Yeah. I wouldn't say Summer would be the best person to like talk you down.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the other thing is, so it clearly didn't take the edge off or relax him. It made him even more heady. But, Going back to the actual scene, Adam is so good. Why is Adam so damn good? Because at this? he's
1: fucking Brody. He and and Ben he does was great this too. laugh in that scene with with Ryan when he comes in, you know, and he's like being stoned, and it was like a real Brody laugh. It was so cute, and he's just so good. He just, you know, you're watching him, and it's not even like there's any effort; like it's just him, and he's so talented and so it good. It was no, I was like, <laughs> did
0: you really smoke? That was so good. <laughs>
1: yeah. Right. <laughs> You probably— That's what I wanted to ask you. But have you ever smoked pot at
0: work? No. Never? God, never. I've smelled it on people, though.
1: Yeah. I think I have maybe once on Heart of Dixie. Really? Maybe I think I did it once just to see, and I was like, I'm never doing that again. No, 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 no. This was a terrible idea.
0: Yeah. (laughs) No, just even having like a slight hangover at work is the worst.
1: Okay, so Brody doesn't okay. go do the Brown interview. And there's a, in the scene in the hallway when Summer has been in there for an hour and a half covering because he's late because he was stoned. It's so sweet,
0: actually. Don't she, Ethan? I
1: see, I do this thing where I go like this, I smile. And it's like, a, like an Ethan Hawke from um, Reality Bites Smile. I don't know if anyone gets that reference. I'm dating myself. But it's like a really quick, and it's me covering because I almost broke. And started laughing. Oh. I know. And I caught that in that moment.
0: Because, well, you, pro- you and Adam probably had a lot of giggles and munchies over the years.
1: <laughs> giggles and munchies. <laughs> but, munchies, but, they don't go away.
0: But it is a really sweet thing that Seth is now, He's the audience is understanding. He's like, two years ago, my life changed with you and Summer. And I don't want that to end. That I totally understand. Sure. Absolutely. Like yeah. this is what I want to hold on to. I'm finally happy. Maybe maybe this dream of mine that going away isn't what I want to do anymore. Right. And Ryan does a kind of sandy um pep talk and he's like, "Dude, you're the one that got up on the coffee cart. Right. You're the one that's that's changed. It's okay." Yeah. Yeah. So there was something very sweet there. So I thought he's going to go in but then he when he, he skedaddles. Nope. Yeah. He blows it. He blows it. Wow. So that
1: brings me to something else that I want to talk about. Okay. Um, something I wanna know how you feel about this. So the whole obviously Caitlin, her birthday, Julie, everything going on. There's a lot, a lot here with Marissa, Julie. There's also you and Dr. Roberts. There's a lot of things. So it's gonna be her birthday. You make plans with Dr. Roberts, which, by the way, the song, I Only Have Eyes For You, is playing in the background when you sit down with Dr. Roberts in the beginning of the episode. And I was like, that's interesting and I'm sure an intentional choice. Very sweet. At
0: Old Tony's um, restaurant, which is still there on the pier. No way. Yeah. It's an old seafood restaurant from 1952.
1: I want to go there. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then you guys make plans for Sunday night. So when you go and you're saying, you know, you're just talking about Sunday. Like, no, what's Sunday? What's Sunday? That you forget that it's your daughter's birthday. And in that moment, I was like, I want to ask Mindy, like, how would you feel as a parent if you forgot your CG's birthday?
0: Oh, that would have been like... Have you
1: ever forgotten?
0: I know. No, no. <laughs> That's but, not
1: something you do as but a parent. my
0: <laughs> parents forgot mine. What? Yeah. It's, okay, so we had a tradition that every morning with somebody's birthday, they put up a little banner. You'd have a little presence and... And breakfast, we always did the morning thing. And I got up in sixth grade, which is what, 12? Yeah. I guess, in sixth grade, and there was nothing. <gasps> and nobody said anything. And I went to, in sixth grade is that year that you start getting, you're kind of coming, you're, you're preteen. Yeah. Girls are slightly meaner at school. Yes. And I remember crying like everything somebody said to me if it wasn't nice I would just
1: <laughs> so they didn't remember the whole morning no, none like, of my you friends knew nobody like I just
0: sat I was totally 16 candles like nobody so <gasps> and finally I think when I came home my mom I, I think she would remembered for later when I was like what happened she was like well I we had to do it later but nobody said anything to me and she probably wouldn't remember any of this but I do so, aren't you still, picking
1: her up today? I think you should greet her and say, "Mom, what the fuck?"
0: I know. <laughs> I'm picking up the octogenarians at Union Station and going to the theater. Oh, what are you seeing? The prom at the Amundsen. Oh, the musical. Okay, I, I don't so. know it. Sounds it's like a, a it's a it's a Netflix movie or no? Is it? But anyway. she
1: forgot. That's so sad. It was so and sad. And you still remember that?
0: Yeah, I remember the day because I remember. Hanging out with some friends or something, and they said something snide that normally you just kind of let slide.
1: Yeah, but it was a hard day. Yeah. that's a trauma day.
0: Well, and you know what was kind of interesting? So when when Julie and Neil are in that restaurant, mm-hmm. and he says, um, "You know, you you didn't uh, you kind of waved me off twice. What's going on?" And she's like, "I've got a lot going on. You know, her her girls are back in her trailer." And, you know, so for her to tap the brakes and not think about herself is like she's growing, right? right. And then she says, well, what changed? I felt something, right. which was really sweet. And then when she bursts into the trailer and she's like, we've got tie takeout. I, have you ever seen Julie Happier? No. I haven't. It's no. so sweet. And it's she's like living...
1: your match with, with Neil is really like well, and spot on. I, I
0: think also because she's, she's in the trailer with both her girls mm-hmm. And she probably had imagined that they're all going to hate me because I live in a trailer when, in fact, she's it's learning. Blue. It's an a- happiness is an attitude. You can be happy in anything. Absolutely. That's, that's why I was like, I can be happy in a tent. Well, maybe for a couple of days. But,
4: <laughs>
0: but <laughs> yeah. then when she, um, when this whole thing happens, all I could think was, yeah, it's the 16 Candles situation where yeah. she's like, oh, my gosh, Caitlin, I'm yeah. so sorry. 16 Candles. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Jake. Jake. Yeah. Oh, Jake Ryan. Jake Ryan, yeah. He was a looker. Yeah. Love me some Jake Ryan.
0: He still is, I think. Is he? I think so.
1: Michael Shoffley, you listening?
0: Shoffling. Shoffley. <laughs> uh, oh so, my god. Yeah. No, and then, you know, when they when she says, we're going to do this party. And yeah. um, <laughs> I thought it was so funny when she runs in she's like, whoa, I've been jogging. And, yeah. we, and I, I used to do um, cardio bar and Pilates. And... I forgot how felt how good this feels. I got three honks. Which is like something to celebrate in Julie's world. Of course. It most is. most women would be like, don't honk at me. I know, but you're like, oh they still
1: I got a few whistles and right. a few honks.
0: <laughs> well then I looked at it and she starts saying she's like, she she really is um high on um endorphins and she's like, I am 16, going on 17. And then I noticed that Misha was actually wearing, she looked just like Liesl in the sound of music.
1: She literally I noted that too. I was like, They literally have her in a proper, like, Austrian, (laughs) traditional folk top.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) I know. So, Caitlin is such a little shit disturber this episode. Yes. Everything going on with Johnny. Really trying to get to Marissa.
0: And it's working. Right. So, the phone rings and Marissa... Sees that it's Johnny and... Yeah, and I
1: automatically assumes it's for her because Johnny's like, oh, well, I just called on Caitlin's yeah. phone. And- Are you
0: calling for Caitlin? And, you know, he says, no, actually, I was calling for you. So it's it's so hard because it goes back and forth. You know, what's interesting about Caitlin is, and I think this is... we All of our characters, our regulars, have been somewhat, you know, they're established. So when you have a brand new character... She has, every time you get in a scene, when she talks to, to, first of all, when she talks to Seth when she was smoking pot, she says, can you imagine growing up with a sister like Marissa? She tells her kind of angst to er- mm-hmm. everyone who listened. Mm-hmm. She tells it to Johnny. Mm-hmm. She tells it to Seth. Mm-hmm. She tells it to, I mean, she she tells how painful it's been. I have wondered if they forgot about me. The yeah. one day that they paid attention to me was my birthday and they forgot. Right. So she's really hurting. Yeah. And then you add in sister um, competition, which is really intense. Like you, some sisters can be really, really... I have, yes, yeah,
1: Best friends who, you know, the little sister was always, you know, had a hard time because the older sisters got the attention from the boys and whatnot. And I get it. I mean...
0: Well, and also remember, so last time we saw Caitlin or she was around, she she was a girl who was involved with her pony. and Her a, hairless pony. Yeah. And she had her own life and her world. And then now she's kind of back and she's had to compete with all kinds of Marissas, let's say, at boarding mm-hmm. school. And also right. that everybody gives so much attention to her. So right. there's so many dynamics going on. Yeah. And also that she's... Uh, Marissa acts so surprised, like, who is this girl? I don't know my sister. And I'm like, just a couple years ago, you were doing some pretty shady shit, Marissa. Yeah, you think? And and <laughs> she says she knows she's Julie's daughter. So she's going to be this, she shouldn't be so surprised that her daughter's kind of conniving. Right. I mean, her it's sister's like conniving, her.
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's so shocking. And so you throw a party at my house, because uh, Neil offers it to you. Right, and you you
0: invite her pony club. The scene where Kirsten and Julie are talking. Yeah. And first of all, I don't know what the fuck I was wearing. That is my least favorite Oh, when you're outfit. talking and
1: you're talking about remodeling the house and stuff? Yeah, it's this,
0: it's basically like um, resort wear, but it's, it's like rust a- color and gold. And yeah. so, you know what a simple thought I thought about was like, here Julie is being all humble, living in a trailer. And now she's, actually remodeling the house and looking at the silver. Yeah. And I'm like, you can take the gold off the girl if you can't take the gold digger out of the girl. <laughs> right? Because she had to sell her jewelry. Yep. And now she's like... Oh, yeah. there's You the haven't gold.
1: even kissed, but you're remodeling the house. Well, I gotta respect it.
0: There's the old Julie. We haven't seen her in a while. We haven't seen gold her Gold digger. It's
1: good to see her. Good to see her. Um, but yeah, you have this party. So, and obviously, you know, Caitlin invites Johnny and the Pony Club's there. And... I'm like, this is a massive house. Caitlin brings Johnny to Summer's bedroom to kiss him. Yeah. I'm like, why are you in my room? Yeah, yeah. Go in one of the 25 other rooms. Why do I have
0: to contaminate that, this one? Because that's the set they had, right? I know why. You're yeah, just saying. <laughs> I know, right? Don't, don't, don't be. Don't logical. contaminate my bedroom. Now, Norman was telling me shooting at that house. First of all, do you remember this? He said that Tom Arnold owned it. But I do you think I think before Vaguely we familiar. shot there because I I remember I thought we talked to the um the owner. He must have owned it before we were shooting there. Okay. But but it was an interesting house. It was like off Canaan or something, right? Right. It's a it was we a beautiful house it. for the outside and for that foyer. Right. And then the pool itself. But the rest of it was... He said it was really tricky to shoot in because it was very elaborate. It's
1: always a little harder when you're shooting in a real house as opposed to a set because sets, you can move walls.
0: <laughs> right, right.
1: Real houses, there's limitations. <laughs>
0: right. But, um, you know, this this other thing that... Julie's forced Marissa or asked her, you know, I need you to help set up. And I think Marissa would be very happy to have done this, except that, sorry, when she invited her out, we skipped that part, um, She said, sorry, I have plans. And then she shows up with Johnny to the bait shop. Yep,
1: where Marissa said they were going.
0: Right. And she says, you know, so there's two things. She Outwardly, she says, first of all, that's my friend, and you're hanging out with my sister, and clearly you're 17 and she's 14. I understand that. But I guess I have to put myself in Marissa's shoes because at first I was like, or is she really jealous? And she doesn't know it.
1: I mean, I think there's, she's definitely jealous.
0: But there is also something wrong with like, if this is a good friend of mine who all of a sudden started hanging out with my little sister, I guess there could be a reason to, there's that too, but she's, is that an excuse? Yeah,
1: I mean, I had that when I, was, when I was younger. You know, they're talking about 14 and 17 and she turns 15 in the episode. That's not that big. When I was 14, my boyfriend was 18. He was also my brother's best friend. Okay, Ooh, so it did happen. Sorry. I When
0: I was 17, I dated a 27-year-old. Look at you. I mean, I'm sure you dated over. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, Mm, yeah. I had a few wide gaps in my time,
0: but that didn't last. Moving right along. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
4: Anyway,
0: yes, Yes. until I was like, "Why?" And then actually, with that 27 year old, I was like, "At some point, I'm like, there's something wrong with you. I'm 17. 17. You need to find somebody else. Go away. I know." It was somebody I worked with, and then you know. Anyway, there's all
1: these things going around about Leo DiCaprio right now, how he only dates <laughs> he dumps them after they turn twenty-seven. Yeah. He, and he starts
0: <laughs> over at twenty-two.
1: Hey. Yeah. The guy knows what he wants. Yeah. He knows what he likes.
0: Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But they're
1: saying it's not true, right? But that's just the
0: <sighs> But in any case. That's the theme going around. <laughs> but in any case, yes. And and Caitlin is just milking it that Marissa has to sit there and, and she's in her bikini and she's acting very, you know. Just, a, how do you say it? She's acting very um, coquetti, coquettish or something. She's mm. flirting with Johnny and doing yeah. it all in front of her. Of course. And Marissa's just like, uh.
1: This also, in this episode, Marissa and Ryan could not be more disconnected. Right. And it's like, I'm like, are they Are they even together? Like, what's the, you know what I mean? Like, it's so, it's so disconnected with them and they even like, you know, they show them in the picture together and I think it's intentional that it's like they're clearly not vibing. Right. Because I don't think they are at all.
0: You know, it, yeah, there's something, it, there's so much going on because this is why I'm saying truth teller when Caitlin keeps throwing these, tr- you know, when she, first of all, well, okay, let's go back to your bedroom. So she's up in the bedroom and she asked Johnny for a kiss, mm-hmm. which was, you know, that in itself, I was asking Norman, I was like, Ryan Donahue was 20. He's your, or I think your age. Oh, is he? Um, born in 1980. I'm 81. 81. So he would have been like 25 or something okay. while we were shooting this. And, she, and how she was, old was She really Mila? was 15. Oof. So I was asking Norman like— Wait,
1: how is that? Is that allowed?
0: Yeah. So he said, you know, it's so clinical on a set. Yeah, kissing and romantic scenes and everything, and then they have now they've even taken a step further with these sensitivity, um, these
1: intimacy co- coordinators. Yeah, did you have that?
0: I haven't done anything. Since, okay, because that's only. Can I
1: tell time. you the job I just did? Mm-hmm. I had to have a phone call with an intimacy coordinator. Now, there's, like, one of the stage directions was he looks at her cleavage. We literally had to have a conversation about that, and I had to be asked if I wanted her on set. For that scene, oh wow, it's like that. It's that extreme, yeah. Which is new. I'm like, I've never, I've never experienced huh. this before, you know. And then there was like a kissing scene, but it was like barely anything. And you know, hmm. do you want me there for that? There, like, there was a scene like you know, just showing me like putting lotion on my legs. Do you want me there for that? Like, it's pretty interesting yeah. because obviously it was nothing even close to that,
0: right? Interesting. When we were doing this show. No, I I mean, that's, I think what's, it's it's a business. And like Norman said, it's clinical. Mm-hmm. But it's still, you know, we're trying to, with Me Too and everything, we're trying to make sure that people are protected. Yeah. So, um, it yeah. might feel like it's a little overkill, but... In, in, I mean, look, we know we, why
1: because, it's there. And I think there's certain circumstances where absolutely it's needed. It was just kind of crazy, like... The level, yeah, of because extremity. we are used to something
0: entirely different. Like we, yeah, they're we like, accepted, listen, put these pasties on, go, right, jump on that guy
1: and get it over. That with. <laughs> you know what? That is
0: what I was told when I had to do some, you know, show some skin when I was younger. It was like, you know what? It's just easier if you're just brave and don't care. Like that's and you you have you adopt that, but I would think that for younger people coming up in this industry now, I don't think anybody wants to see that now. But
1: but (laughs) I think there's plenty of people that want to see that now, Mindy. Uh, Only fans. Just kidding. (gasps) You should join.
0: (laughs) My God. I think you
1: could make so much money. Oh my gosh!
0: I saw this thing with Denise. Um, what's her name? Denise Richards. Richards. Yeah. That she makes. Somebody was saying she makes like seven hundred thousand a month. Doing it.
1: Mindy. I don't like no. <laughs> talk to Adam about it. I feel like OnlyFans, I'm not even kidding. Julie Cooper on OnlyFans? I mean, come on. I'm not even that's kidding. That's what
0: Julie Cooper's doing right now. <gasps> Listen, that in, is so in line with your
1: character. Just do it as your character. Oh my god. And that's how you can get away with it. Okay,
0: this is the reboot Josh is looking for. Hold
1: on. I'm so serious. Mindy, it would be so successful. Uh, I feel uh, like Adam character? would support it in character. Don't you think Adam would support it? If you could I'm sorry. 700000 Adam would be like, fuck yes, Melinda. Get out there. Show it all.
0: Oh my gosh. He, he probably would, actually. Uh, We're going to talk about this later. <laughs> well, okay. So now that we've heard from people, you know, in the press, how, how, how exploited they felt in the early 2000s and during that time, yes, we've grown. Yes, we've got better. No, it's not overkill. So that being said... You know, um, when, when Caitlin comes down from her bedroom, mm-hmm. your bedroom, mm-hmm. and Marissa wants to confront her because now, of course, Ryan's told her about the pot. First of all, Ron, um, Norman said, this is just a little side note, that that scene, they had taillights by 7.30 and they literally shot that scene in 15 minutes. What and I was like, them? he said that was Buzz, Fe- Feichins. Do you say Feichins or Feichins? Buzz was our DP. Anyway, that we was... Say, I we we love like, Buzz. <laughs> how do you shoot a scene in 15 minutes? Like, boom, boom, boom.
1: Yeah, crazy.
0: But when she races out to get her, she's like, you know, you may not know me, Marissa, but I know you. Mm -hmm. Everyone can see that you like him. And Misha had some wonderful facial expressions. Mm -hmm. She was like, whoa. Like, what? It's like, she's not just defending. She's like, she actually is considering it. Yeah. And so the audience is now confused. Like, maybe she does.
1: And then when Ryan's going to take her home, she's like, no, I want to walk. How fucking far do you think she has to walk from Summer's house to the trailer park is what I want to know.
0: Yeah, well, you, you know, she goes to her, like, her um Oh, she goes to Her, thinking tower. her thinking
1: tower. We're going to say that it's right across the street.
0: Well, there's a lot of that because in my mind, I was thinking the Coens live in Pelican Cove and to get to the pier... You'd never just walk from. You know, he says, "I'm going to take a walk." He he. That means he'd have to drive and then go to the pier. You can't just walk to to the pier from. Well, in the OC, you
1: can walk. Yeah, you can do that
0: in in OC world.
1: Okay, so So, yeah, so that happens. This is all happening. I think we can sum it up now. Wrap up the episode a bit.
0: Oh wait, we did forget about the. um, We should mention the Sandy the uh, before we the very end. that Sandy is getting the hospital that he inherited from Caleb. Oh, right. And,
1: which is actually a
0: big deal. Yes. Newport
1: Laguna Medical Center.
0: Yeah. And uh, he doesn't want to have to wine and dine. He wants to do it on principle alone. Yeah. And do you remember, so the actor that played Bill Merriman, his name is Robert Picardo. He's very familiar. I looked him up because... um, one of my favorite movies when I was younger. It's yeah. Inner Space yeah. with Dennis Quaid yeah. and Martin Short. Uh-huh. Where he's a little thing that goes in and in his body. Yes. Uh-huh. And make... <gasps> I, I
1: remember that movie. He
0: was the cowboy in the movie. And I just love that movie. If you ever... It's, this is for... All I totally remember that movie. Inner Space. It's so cute. I haven't so even heard,
1: like, thought about it <laughs> anything in probably, you know, 30 years or it's whatever. It's so cute. That's crazy.
0: But this gentleman has over... 242 acting credits. Wow. Which is a lot. A lot. Because if you look, I mean, he just never stops working. No, I have like 10. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway. But anyway, so he's, um, you know, they're trying to, I mean, basically they end up, instead of just trying to impress him with what they're going to do, he has to give in and do it Matt's way. And Matt calls his lady friends from the strip club and (laughs) turns his, he says, turns it into a grotto playboy his apartment into that. And ultimately, <laughs> he's like, you're looking out for me. I'm going to look out for you And right. you got the hospital. Right. And poor Sandy is so conflicted, compromised, and feels so icky. But I'm like, you know, it did, it did feel icky, didn't it? Yes. When you watch it? Yeah. But then, you know, I thought about that, and I was like, Hollywood is icky. Have you ever, like, you know, when oh. you go out and you see there's so many, like, executive types or people that are out, like, in positions of power yeah. with all the little 20-somethings. And I was like, it's, it's kind of the way the business works, yep. unfortunately. Yeah. It's not, it's not a cozy, warm, comforting place. But, you know, so— Some jobs can be, though. It, I think we're trying. I think we're trying to— to. I mean, that, that the way you act at a club is not okay to act in, uh, in a workplace. no. <laughs> or, or anywhere, right? I don't know. The way you I act in a club
1: is how you should act throughout your life. No.
0: <laughs> That's for clubs. I don't know. I haven't been in a club in years. So
1: Mindy's really fun in a club though.
0: I've been I've been I feel
1: like you could act that way on OnlyFans.
0: <laughs> Those days are over.
1: <laughs> I don't think so. They're just beginning.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, so so Sandy feels icky and thus starts this, you know, he doesn't tell Kirsten how he got the hospital. Um, because she said, you know, you'll be able to persuade him. But, you know, so the song um, Insomnia by Electric President plays. And Norman, I thought this was a beautiful montage Mm -hmm. where you see everyone's Mm -hmm. feelings and, you know, Sandy feels icky. Ryan looks, you picked up on it. He looks a little frustrated. Yeah. Marissa, Caitlin got locked out of the trailer somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Seth's smoking more weed. Seth's smoking <laughs> the weed. Julie, very sadly. Oh, that was the other thing. I'm sorry. Yeah. that You know, remember, so they, because Dr. Roberts over. Oh, right. hears Marissa saying, I can't fix this family. Right. There, we have bigger problems than this. Yeah. And why would you make her leave? And she blames her and all that kind of stuff. So he's like, yeah, we're taking it a little too soon. Yeah, he's like, we,
1: yeah. Yeah. He kiboshes it. Also the world's largest birthday cake.
0: That is the craziest thing. I mean it's art very large. Art department really got into it. It was like this tall. It was frosting. enormous. Yeah. So, um, and Summer's all excited. She oh, tears brown, out all she the tears brown. out all
1: the like history, science, like all of those. She's like, nope. <laughs> tears them all out of the booklet.
0: <laughs> so
1: I like her ways. Yeah. I do. I like Summer's ways.
0: Norman said that uh, he loved this montage and he loved the whole app, that there was just a very, the, me- the episode was meant to feel melancholy. Mm. It wasn't meant, to, you know, some episodes are really, mm-hmm. yay, fr- we freed Marissa and everyone's back together. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, it's like we have this ebb and flow. And this episode, there's, you know, we want the audience to have this melancholy. And that he said as a director, he would not have changed a thing. Oh, wow. I was like, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, cuz usually you would go back and say, you know, maybe I could have done this or right. that. So. Right. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, so that is the app you guys. That
1: is the potster. Oh, wait, one what? more little what?
0: one more little thing that I noticed. Remember when you and um Marissa were looking at photos in the beginning? Yeah. That's a picture of me and CG.
1: Oh. With her chubby little
0: cheeks. It's like oh, with how the first cute. the very first photo. Yeah. Yeah.
1: CG was the cute... I can't even. Yeah, she looked like a cutie Smushed doll. Smush that face. <laughs> Great. Okay,
0: there we go. There we go. That was the poster or the truth tell her. Yeah, do we have voicemails?
4: Hi there. My name's Warren. I'm calling from Buena Park, California, which is technically in Orange County, but it's not like the O.C. O.C. Uh, I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, I love the show. I, I watched it when it first came out, but I actually stopped in the middle of season two. So I'm watching along with you guys with my girlfriend, and. We actually have no idea what's going on because she's never even watched the show until now. Uh, My question is if... I don't know if you guys know the answer to this, but were there any talks about replacing the cast with the younger cast that came in? Because we're watching along with you guys, season three, episode 13, like right before the cliffhanger episode. And then we get introduced to Caitlin and Caitlin's boyfriend, who's Jasper from Twilight. Uh, You see all these fresh new faces, even Johnny and Chili. My girlfriend doesn't care much for the Johnny character, but I mean I actually did and seeing Johnny stand next to Ryan. it's just like how can Ryan be a sympathetic protagonist after Johnny you know Johnny's even a little too sympathetic, so I don't know if you guys would know the answer to this, but I'd like to know your thoughts that, you know about replacing the cast with specifically I think Caitlyn would have been a good connecting character to. Have us connected to the original core for. Yeah, were there any thoughts about continuing the show? Maybe a new another season with a fresh new cast. Uh, thank you.
1: Thank you so much, and we're so excited that you and your girlfriend are watching
0: along. That's, that's just the way to do it. And yes, uh, we do say
1: spoilers sometimes. So I apologize in advance. But we do warn you.
0: <laughs> well, you know what? I actually thought about this. So we're so from a writer's point of view in this episode. And first of all, we don't, I don't know, none of us really know what was discussed in the writer's room, unless you were to ask that, um, Josh that question specifically. Yeah, I'd have to ask Josh, but... But I'm sure, so at this point, they have to think about either ending the show or going on to the next season. They have to be willing to do anything because the show isn't technically picked up for the fourth season until a certain point. Um they i don't know if they were planning on the marissa character leaving at this point um i didn't i'm not trying to spoil it too much but i also thought it was interesting like how they probably thought how do we keep seth in orange county like well so he doesn't go to brown next year why do
1: they want to keep him in orange county for the
0: next year because See, I mean, i'm like
1: you guys i don't know what happens
0: well, because if summer goes away, and I mean, it's an interesting thing. I don't know. They probably it's an interesting. Let's keep him in Orange County, but summer gets into Brown. So there's different ideas there. Like this was a good way to keep him in Orange County. Mm-hmm. He he didn't um, right. There's and it's a good storyline for that. Now clearly bringing in Caitlin, I think she, they bring her on for an idea. And it worked so well that they keep her. They brought Autumn on. It worked so well that they keep her. Um, but I would
1: say there was probably discussions of can, maybe if there was a world of continuing with a younger class and with Caitlyn being the lead and stuff.
0: I, you're, you're probably absolutely right. You know what? That you, I would, wouldn't doubt that they had that conversation.
1: I can confirm that for you, Warren. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to ask Josh Schwartz about that. But I would say yes, and that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I think even talks about if it were to ever have another life, there'd be another younger cast Mm -hmm. that would have be Kirsten and Sandy's kid. Right. You you had a kid too? Yes. And Julie's kid. They're the same age. Same age. Like that would be the probably class now. So yeah, I would say there was probably most definitely talks of that. Yes. And
0: (laughs) he's he's my OnlyFans manager. He's my kid. No, (laughs) just kidding. She uh, She's
1: into it, you guys. No,
0: that's Julie Cooper.
1: Yeah, well, you're going to do it as a character. <laughs> if you look at it that way. It's happening. Okay. Thanks for your question <laughs> and everything. Is there a real reason why Kathleen is so attached to
2: Johnny? Is she jealous of Marissa and her relationship with Johnny? Or is she really in love with him?
1: I would say it all has to do
0: with her sister. Yeah, I mean, I don't think she's known him long enough to have developed...
1: No, feelings. I think she's super motivated to get at her sister.
0: Yes. But then I question why is Johnny actually hanging out with her?
1: Well, he also is trying su- to get
0: at to her Marissa. Sister. <laughs> yeah. So, so yes, this is all about Marissa. Yeah. And I don't think at this age. Oh,
1: really quick, the last question. Sorry. When his girlfriend doesn't care for Johnny, I was like, well.
0: Oh, <laughs> most people didn't. Sorry. I don't, I, yes, you guys aren't watching it. I hope we didn't spoil it, but we anyway. So, sorry for anybody who hasn't seen it yet, but we didn't talk specifics, did we? I do anyway, I probably did, but yes, no, Caitlin <laughs> is she, she doesn't care no. about his feelings I, I, yeah, right now. She's all no. self centered. Yes, and she's out to get Marissa. She's got resentments and she doesn't know what to do with them.
2: Yep. My question is. Did Adam actually smoke the joint in this episode or was it like a prop?
1: Yes, he smoked the joint in the— No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> now, well, Mindy talked about you can't actually smoke on—
0: Well, I think he's. she's I asking wonder if, he, if he actually smoked
1: pot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. I don't know if he did. I wish I had a better memory, you guys. Oh, it's terrible. I wouldn't I, put it past him to be like, Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> but no, I, I don't know that he did.
0: Yeah. I've, I've had producers give me alcohol when I was younger f- to do a sex scene. Oh, I had yeah. to take we a shot of be tequila
1: before I made out with Hayden for the first time on Jumper because I was uh-huh. so nervous. Oh, I think well. we both took a shot of tequila.
0: Yeah. Anyway, but um, yeah, I don't... There, we we don't have proof of that. No. So. <laughs> no proof. But he sure acted well. Or yes. he, he knew how to act yeah. with it. So How different would the episode play out
1: today in today's kind of climate? And the feelings that people have about pot maybe changing over the past, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. Uh, just wanted to get your guys' thoughts. Thank you. Yeah, I've thought about that too. Because like all the, oh my God, he's smoking pot. It's like, okay. Because
0: I was so glad that it wasn't a just say no episode. Oh, it, it, it was. It wasn't. What
1: what show a, did that? Was it like Saved by the Bell? Or someone that yeah. was, was it Saved by the Bell? Yeah, yeah, where it's
0: just like, oh my god, the more you know, and all that kind of, you know, it yeah. was more like, no. look, it wasn't, you know, I did it once, and then Ryan pointed out, like, yeah, but you're doing it like this, so it didn't become a big, huge deal. But we haven't seen the next episode, so, but I don't know. I mean, I guess the whole idea we were just talking about this that it was technically still illegal back then, right? No, so yeah, very much so, so it would be slightly different, but but it's still under age. Pot smoking is still going to be. I think it would have been handled kind of similarly, right? Just yeah. kind of the same. We didn't kind of do overkill on the show.
1: We didn't do overkill, and like Seth's parents are super cool, so it's like,
0: yeah. Although they would have smelled it. Uh, you can't keep it out. Oh of, yeah, I mean, but in I feel a like Sandy
1: would handle it like. Yeah, really
0: he would well. have handled it.
1: Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Berkeley. They went to Berkeley. Yeah,
0: yeah. sure. <laughs> Although I know that there's a. I know. I know parents that smoke with their kids at Oakwood and grow with their kids at Oakwood. That's a very Hollywood, LA thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you you for all your questions. Thank you for all of your questions. Is that it? That's it. It's so great to see you in person. I know.
1: Sorry I've been gone so long. That's
0: okay. That's okay.
1: Um, Thank you so much for listening. Follow, rate, and review. Welcome to the OC Bitches wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you like to watch us, check it out on YouTube. Bye, bitches.